if you would, Psalm 13. Psalm 13, and, and I'll be honest with you, Brother John asked me a few minutes ago before the service uh, where we would be, and uh, leading up to the service this evening, I, I thought we were going to be in a different portion of Scripture. Um, but as, as I've been reading and, and going back in my own uh, personal study and, and, and kind of reading the Bible in my personal devotions and some of those things that we all do in our, our day-to-day life, Psalm 13 is one that has recently once again just jumped off the page. And I think the Lord uses times in society, times in our personal lives, moments, maybe statements, to really draw our attention to certain portions of Scripture to help us to understand what He's trying to accomplish. And this psalm right here, Psalm 13, is one of those, those psalms where uh, the psalmist is, is being honest with the Lord. And you've had those moments before. I mean, look at the very first words of Psalm 13. How long wilt thou forget me? I mean, how, how many times have you been sitting in your house or you've been driving down the road or you've been going to work or you've left the house of God or whatever the case might be and you maybe in your heart or maybe in your mind you began to think, Lord, where are you in my life? Uh, you're honest with the Lord and you're asking that question. You maybe are going through a struggle or maybe going through a difficult season and you just begin to question things. You maybe have sat in a service and there were testimonies that were being shared throughout the service and people were talking about this and that and you're sitting there and you're saying, I want that. As you look around and as you go to uh, stores and as you go to your workplace and as you go to different places maybe around town or you you drive around the, the, the United States of America, you'll find that there are so many people that are saying, "Why? what's going on? There are Christians who are saying, Lord, where are you in all of this? There, there are moments in people's lives where they begin to ask this question right here. Verse number one, again, he says, how long wilt thou forget me? Now, this statement that is being asked, that word forget means to misplace, if you would. He feels as though he, he's been forgotten about or, or misplaced or lost. He says, O Lord, forever, how long wilt thou hide thy face from me? This statement, how long wilt thou hide thy face from me, speaks of, of a hiding, a blessing, or, or not being able to see something that you want to see from the Lord. The blessing is not evident. You begin to, to question things. Verse number two, how long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemy say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 13 is a psalm that begins to reveal much, if you would. The psalmist begins to start out, and as he begins to start the psalm out, you begin to see him painting the picture for us as he is expressing his despair, as he makes the statement, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? And you've been there before. You've experienced that moment in that season of life where you were expressing that despair. Lord, where are you in the midst of all of this? Right here, you might have walked into the house of God, and you begin to to, say, You know what? I relate right this very moment. I... I'm saying right now, Lord, where are you in all of this? Lord, where are you at in the midst of what's going on in our nation? Or where are you at in the midst of what's going on in my life? Lord, I hear Christians talking about how good you are. But Lord, I'm not able to share that testimony in the sense of the same way that they're talking. They're talking about answers to prayer. But God, I feel as though you're not answering my prayer. Lord, where are you in all of this? And you say, I've never been there. I'm sure you have. I know I have. 
I know I've allowed the circumstances around me to cloud out that statement and cloud out the judgment of me being able to praise the Lord, even though my circumstances might not be present. You see, as we go back to this morning, it's all about what we focus on. It's easy to focus on those, those things that aren't going our way. It's easy to focus on those prayers that we think should have already been answered and they're not being answered. It's easy to, to criticize here and to criticize here. And all the while, we begin to focus on those things. I don't know about you, but maybe you've been in that, that season of life where you were expressing that despair. And one morning, you just woke up and you said, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to stop living. I'm going to stop sulking. I'm going to stop just questioning God. I'm going to stop just wondering all of these things. I'm just going to trust Him. And as you come to this psalm here, it starts out where the psalmist is expressing his despair. And all of a sudden, notice with me if you would for just a moment, as he continues to, to make the, these statements and these, these powerful statements, he says in verse number 2, How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Again, expressing all of these things. But he goes on and says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Notice this statement, Lighten mine eyes. And so he goes from expressing his despair to all of a sudden you begin to express himself in prayer as he, he's dealing with the Lord and he's seeking the Lord. He begins to go to the Lord in prayer. One of the things in which we oftentimes will fail in whenever we find ourselves in a, a season of despair is that we leave the Lord out of it because we think we have to figure it out. Uh, Lord, I, you know, I, we come to the house of God and we sit under the preaching of God's word. We get in our Bibles and we read God's word only to just neglect it in general. You say, but I opened it. But we go back to just a couple of weeks ago as we were dealing with this this psalm uh, and and we were looking at the psalms and there's a difference in hearing and listening. If I were talking to you right this very moment, you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth, but are you listening to them? There's a complete difference. And sometimes we open the word of God and we're in that that, that season of despair and we, we come to the Lord in prayer and we desire the Lord to work and he says, I'm trying to speak to you. Do you hear me? Yeah, I hear you, Lord. Are you listening to me? Huh? That's how, that's how we express it. You see the expression of despair. You see his expression through prayer. But then notice the encouraging thing. I love Psalm 13, verses 5 and 6. He says, But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Can I share with you the psalmist, the psalm of David here? And David, as he is expressing all these things, I love how he's just real. He's, it's something we can relate with here. He's, 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 he's just real. It's kind of like the people that will say, what you see is what you get. Psalm 13 is one of those, what you see is what you get. Psalm 13, he starts off and he, he's just being completely honest and as he, he, he makes these statements. Then he, he goes to the Lord and seeks the Lord in prayer. And then as he comes to the end of this psalm, he says, But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Notice five things in this psalm, if you would. In verse 1 and 2, you begin to see his despra- uh, desperation here. He makes key statements here. He says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? In verses 1 and 2, you begin to see the desperation, but the desperation are, is formed by these questions that he's, being, uh, he's asking. 
as you think about that, that statement of what you see is what you get in Psalm 13 here, the desperation is what we see, and it's exactly what David is offering here. He, he's, he's being real. He's, he's wanting to know. He's, he's being open with the Lord as he is asking these things, and as he's trying to figure everything out, he's just being completely honest with the Lord. I believe one of the things that, that the Lord delights in is that we, even whenever we are hurting, we take that hurt to the Lord. Even whenever we are, we are wondering what God is doing, we go to the Lord in prayer and we are honest with Him and say, Lord, what are you doing? Show me what you're doing. It makes a, a huge difference. Instead of, instead of getting angry with God, you go to the Lord in prayer and you say, Lord, what are you trying to teach me here? Uh, Lord, listen, Lord, I do not want to become bitter I do not want to become angry. Lord, I do not want to question you and your will and what you have for me. So, Lord, would you just reveal to me, Lord, show me something. Lord, show me through your word. Lord, give me the peace that I need. Give me the the comfort that I need through all of this. He says, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? As he makes that statement in verse number two, he's speaking of his innermost being, if you would, having sorrow in my heart daily. How long shall my enemy, those who hate him, be exalted, those who would be higher above him, over me? As he is taking these things honestly to the Lord, he's he's really questioning, wanting to know why this is taking place. You see his desperation. If you've ever been talking to someone and their situation is one that is an unfortunate situation. You can sense the desperation in their voice oftentimes. I remember a couple of years ago, there was an individual who was visiting our church and he was visiting our church, had a daughter, and he was trying to get back up on his feet. He visited our church for just a a, a little while and he kept coming. He kept coming. His name was Tommy. I don't know if any of you remember Tommy at all or uh, Tommy Sexton. And Tom, Tommy uh, was coming to our church and he kept just coming. And, and now none of this had been relayed. Now he didn't relay any of this that he was, was about to be kicked out of his home and that he had a daughter and that his, his, his uh, wife had, had left him or his fiance. I can't remember what it was. I think it was his wife that had left him. And so him, his wife and his daughter were away and He had been coming to the church, and he walked into the house of God multiple times. And it was one of those things where he was was open, but he wasn't completely open, if that makes sense. He was willing to talk, but he wasn't sharing everything. So one day, I finally finally just approached him. We were talking. It was before the service, and and I just point blank asked him. I said, tell me what keeps bringing you back here. And I said, are you in need? Or I said, he said... I said, are you, are you, do you need money? Do you need some help? Getting, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know your situation. Tell me a little bit about you. And, and I knew to a degree that he was trying to get up on his feet, but didn't know the whole situation. And he says, no. I, he said, look, I don't, I don't, I don't want money. He said, I, he said, I don't, I don't need any of that. And I, 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 I'm coming because I need to get my life back and I, I, in, in order. And I need, I just need the word of God preached. And you know this. It's very uncommon that you hear those words. You know, if, if someone's trying to get back up on their feet in the sense of they're about to be homeless, <laughs> we've had many folks that have stopped in and said, hey, we need money to get back up on our feet, and we've helped people many, many times. But I was taken back by that response. I, I don't hear often by someone who's about to be evicted from their home and about to be homeless say, I don't need money. I need the Word of God to be preached. 
And so Tommy continued to come, and let me fast forward for just a few moments. Tommy is, is doing great. He's got a job, uh, and, and his daughter sees his daughter often. Uh, we're friends on social media. I see some of the pictures of him. He's doing great, got a great job, and, and that's a long story how the Lord provided all of that. But There was a couple of days where we had, you know, probably about a month or two, he had been visiting with us and just continued to come. He was walking. He was doing everything he could. He was just walking. He lived right over here, just walking to the church services. Sunday morning, try to make it Sunday evenings. He'd be here on Wednesdays. And one day he walked in and he was just telling me, he said, hey, pray for me. I'm about to be, be kicked out of the house. I, I'm trying to get back up on my feet and find a job, but I haven't heard back from some of these places. I'm this and that. I said, okay, come, come, to, the, come to the church uh, tomorrow and, and we're going to drive around town. We're just going to talk for a few moments. So I pick him up here at the, the church, and we, we drive around town for a few moments. And I said, hey, do you want to grab something to eat? He says, no, I don't want to grab anything to eat. You're fine. He said, I, you know, uh, this is just what's going on. He says, tell me exactly what's going on. Tell me what you need. And this is when you could sense the desperation. Man, I just, I, I need the Lord to break through. I, I need, I need something. I, I need, he said, I, I'm trying. He said, I put, I put so many job applications in. I've done this. I've done that. He says, I do not want you to give give me money. I do not want money. He says, look, he said, I, I do not need electricity in, in, in the house. He says, I, I, I've got water turned on. I, I'm making it happen. I don't need the electricity. I've got water. I can get to work. If I get a job, all those things, he said, I just need, and you could sense it, the desperation. His dad is a pastor in Kentucky right up the road here. His dad had reached out and shared a little bit of uh, his background a little bit and and you could tell, even in his, his dad's voice, the desperation. Can I share with you, the desperation was not, I need this or I need that. The de- desperation was, Lord, I need you to show up. God, I need you to do something. God, I need you to provide this here. And Lord, I need you to do this here. And, and can I share with you, God did all that. And I praise the Lord for it. There, there are many people I've come in contact with, just like Tommy, as far as his situation. And instead of saying, I need the Lord, they said, I just needed this. You see, the resolution for Thomas's situation was not the finances to be paid so he had electricity. It wasn't the finances to be paid so he had a water bill paid and so he could live in that apartment and all of those things. He understood that the, the resolution was not all of those things. The resolution was getting his life back in order with God. As he had come, he says, listen, I just need to get my life back in order. But as I had that conversation with him, I could sense the desperation in his voice that he just needed God to do something. My mind goes back to Psalm 13. How long wilt thou forget me? I can almost sense David here as he is uttering these words. As the, de- the desperation is you could almost sense that he has a quiver in his voice as he's, he's brought to, to tears as he's wondering these things. And, Lord, where are you in all this? How long wilt thou forget me? O Lord, forever. As you think about this, as you read this, how long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? He goes on. How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart? Notice this statement. Daily. It wasn't just something that he experienced every once in a while. No, he's going through a season of difficulty daily. And he says, how long shall my enemy be exalted over me? You sense the desperation, but not only desperation. In verse number 3, as you continue reading, 
The Bible says the very end, lest I sleep the sleep of death. All of a sudden you begin to see a reference to death being made here. The words that are found in verse number 3, as you begin to sense him crying out to the Lord in verses 3 and 4, he says, consider and hear me, O Lord my God. As he uses the statement consider, he's speaking of to look at or to inspect, if you would. As he uses the statement, hear me, O Lord, he's speaking of a responding or an answer that is needing to be given. And he continues to go on as he continues to make statements such as consider and hear me. He goes on and says, O Lord, my God, lighten mine eyes to give light, to lighten up, if you would, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And all of a sudden he's dealing with this. Verse number four. You continue going on, he says, Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Verse number four, as he transitions from the desperation to the death being spoken of, to now he's expressing his discouragement once again. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. The statement, when I am moved, means and speaks of to shake, to fall, to slip, if you would. The rejoicing is dealing with them being overcome and him being overcome, if you would. The word prevail speaks of uh, very simply uh, to, to the power to, to overcome, if you would, and what's going on. And they're rejoicing that he didn't have that power to overcome. And so all of this, the psalmist is going through and he begins to uh, let his situation bring him lower and lower. Can I share with you your situation? The devil desires that your situation would bring you lower and lower. And all of this, the devil and, and the enemy desires that the child of God, instead of rejoicing in the Lord, would begin to contemplate where God is at all. Can I share with you, God hasn't left you. He's right there in the midst of whatever you're facing or whatever you're going through or whatever you've come through or whatever you're about to go through. God's right there in the midst of it. But the enemy desires that our circumstances would overtake us in such a way that we begin to ask these questions right here. How long wilt thou forget me? Can I share with you, when you woke up this morning, God had already prayed for you? Throughout this day, can I share with you, God prayed for you? This evening, as you lay your head on your pillow, God prayed for you. And this evening, as you go to bed and you begin to reflect on the day, the Lord desires that you would reflect not on the negative things that walked throughout this day, but reflect on His goodness. You see, the devil desires that we would take all the focus off of God and all the focus off of, uh, and put all the focus on the, the, the areas in which we don't see God. And we say, God, where are you in that prayer? Well, he's promised you in his word, he'll take care of you. And you just continue praying. God, I, where were you in this? Oh, no, you, you remain. Settle in me. Rest in me. As you continue reading verse number 5, you begin to see a decision that is made. He says, but I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. As you come to the end of this psalm, the psalmist is honest with the Lord. And this is one of the hard things. In verse number 5, he makes this statement, but I have trusted in thy mercy. There are a couple of ways in which this statement right here could be offered unto the Lord. It can be offered this way as you come through verses 1 through 4 and as you've, if you, as you've seen the desperation of the psalmist here and you've seen his discouragement as you've seen the reference made to death and all of these many things, it could be offered one of two ways. The first way it could be offered is this. But I've trusted. I've trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. You ever heard someone and, and uh, 
you, you, you might be talking to your, your spouse and um, <laughs> you're, you're in a hurry. We've joked about this before. But you're in a hurry. You're, you're trying to get out the door. And you're, you're, you're sitting on the couch, your wife's sitting on the couch, and one of y'all's about to leave, and you say, all right, um, I'll see you later, love you. And they're walking out there to say, all right, love you. I mean, they're running. And what do you say? Wow, I really felt that. I, that, real, that sounded real genuine right there. You know, you know what I'm saying? And, I mean, they're, they're, they're bolting out the door, and so you, you say, yeah, I'm, it sounds like you do. I, you convinced me, you know. Psalmist David here he says, "But I have trusted in Thy mercy." It could be offered that way. Nevertheless, Lord, I have trusted in Thy mercy. Or it could be offered this way. The psalmist is revealing his desperation, and he makes a reference to death, and he's acknowledging his discouragement. But then, as you come to verse number five, it could be as though he says, "All of that, God, I've trusted in Thy mercy." God, I have, I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. You see the difference? One's more convincing than the other. And many times in our lives, as we've made reference to over the last couple of weeks, as the children of God, we know what to say. Some of us, we just, we know. Someone says they need prayer, it's easy for us to say, all right, I'll pray for you. You're going through something, and you go and you talk to someone, you, you know they're going to say, hey, I'll pray for you. Hey, just stick with the Lord. Trust Him. He'll answer in His timing. We know those things. And sometimes we treat those, those statements so flippantly just because it's so easy to say it. But then when you find yourself truly in the midst of it, and you go to the Lord in prayer, and you begin to just be real with the Lord, you're honest with the Lord. Lord, I don't see you in all this. Lord, show me. Lord, I don't understand why all this is taking... Lord, reveal yourself to me. And you're discouraged. You're desperate. And you come and you say, but I've trusted in thee. God, I know you're going to prevail. Lord, I know you're going to reveal yourself. Lord, I know you're going to accomplish what you desire. Lord, I trust that you're going to. Well, why is it so much easier to say that? Well, if you reflect on what God has already done, it's much easier to expect that he's going to continue. You know, the faithfulness of God will never and can never run out. And sometimes we wonder if God is going to handle situations and we say, well, he, he's done it before, but what's he going to do? No, he, he's been faithful. He'll always be faithful. The decision was made. Verse number 6, he says this, I will sing unto the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This statement right here in verse number 6, you begin to see in verses 5 and 6 uh, as though it would be a song being offered if you would. And, and this decision being offered in verse number 5 leads to verse number 6 when he says, I will sing unto the Lord as he is, is speaking here and as he is dealing with this. And as you come to this statement, he's singing unto the Lord. He's not singing unto his circumstances, unto an answer to praise. He's singing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. And what a joy it is whenever you come to verse number 6 and you begin to see the delight that can be taken in the Lord. Whenever you delight in his ways. I'm walking around, and every single day as I go into the stores, I was just in the store yesterday, and I was getting some groceries, or maybe it was Friday I was getting groceries. I can't remember which day. But as I was walking around, I could just see despair all over people's faces. I could see discouragement 
I was walking down one aisle and I was watching a mother who had three children and she was wrestling all those children. One was laying on the ground screaming. None of y'all's kids have ever done that. Jackson and Holly have surprisingly not done that. As I walked through the aisles, I heard people on cell phones just discouraged. One gentleman was talking, and you know how it is. You try not to, but there was a gentleman talking, and I walked past him, and there was a lady that was standing, and she was standing. It was one of those where she was ha- you knew she was having a serious conversation because she stopped. The cart wasn't going anywhere. She was stopped right in the middle of the aisle. And you know whenever you're talking on the phone and you're trying to be quiet, but you, you, you just, you're, you're not quiet, and, and you, you kind of... I, I walked past, and I was, it was one of those where I was trying to walk past, and I wasn't trying to be you know, rude, so I was trying to... you know. Serious conversation here. So you're trying to, you know, scoot around, but you're, you're being obvious, trying to scoot around, and it's like, I've got to get by, but serious conversation. I, I, know you, I know you're on the phone here. Serious conversation sounds really important, but could you move? <laughs> you know, and, and so you're trying to scoot around, but I'm serious. People just discouraged, despair, all of these things. I, I've seen it on Christians' faces. And as I was reading this psalm right here, For some reason, the Lord just reminded me of this. Every single one of us come through seasons where we're saying, Lord, how long will you forget me? Lord, why is this going on? Where are you in all this? Lord, reveal yourself through your word. Lord, give me something. Lord, show me. As you continue to walk down, the psalmist says, but I've trusted God, I don't know where you are right this very moment, but Lord, I, I trust that you're there. And I will sing unto the Lord, because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Can I share with you tonight, there's nothing that, has, have, have you, that you have gone through that the Lord hasn't been right in the midst of it. There's nothing you're going to go through that God says, hey, I want, I'll protect you. You're questioning, you're saying, Lord, where are you? I'm, I'm right here. You, you're, you're wondering if, if I can provide here, and I've provided every other step of the way. Don't worry. You're wondering if, if this is going to be able to take place, and you're, you have all of these questions. Oh, child of God, don't forget. You might have a, an earthly father that wasn't faithful, and you might have an earthly father that wasn't there, and you might have an earthly parent that wasn't always able to take care of you, but you have a heavenly father that nothing can escape through his hands, a heavenly father that nothing goes beyond his eyes. He's able to see all things and not only take care of this child, but take care of all of his children. Don't forget that. And I was pricked in my own heart to spend some time in prayer and and ask the Lord just to be with those who are hurting. There's so many hurting people in this nation. There are hurting people in our church. There are hurting people outside this church that we come in contact with. And they're asking this question. How long wilt thou forget me? Christians who are wondering where God is in the midst of it. And before you offer the cliche and the, the statements that we know to say, Oh, God will provide. Would you take some time and, and, and honestly... Spend some time in prayer with that person. Pray for that individual. Before you tell them you're going to pray for them, make sure you do. One of the things I've taken, and you can go ahead and close your Bibles, we're done this evening. 
from my, my grandfather in New York, and I've shared it many, many times. You can be walking down the aisle in Walmart. You can be walking into a store. You can be walking outside the, the doors of the church, and if he's standing right in the doorway and you say, I need prayer, he'll stop right then and there, and he'll say, let's pray right now. Now, I remember... Uh, we drove all the way to New York. My brother got married. Him and my sister-in-law got married in New York where we have family. And me and my two brother-in-laws, Zach and Troy, drove together. And we rotated driving and drove all the way there, went to the, to the um, uh, wedding and drove right all the way back. I got here just in time for a Sunday morning service, slid right in. And I remember walking out the doors and as I was walking out the doors of the church, or of the venue that they had it at, actually, me and my two brother-in-laws were walking out, and my grandfather was walking up. And my grandfather, you three boys right here, you'll come forward real quick for just a moment. Now, my grandfather's not much taller than me, but I'm going to illustrate this for just a moment. Now, stand just like that. That's fine. We're standing there, walking out, and he looks at us. He says, I'm so proud of you boys. And he said, is there anything you need prayer about? And he said, no, just keep praying for us. He said, let's pray right now. And he grabbed all three of us just like this. And he began to pray. Now, can I share with you, when did Devin get married? Summer of 2016. My grandfather prays often for me. But as all of that was taking place, and as we, I had come on staff in July, and 2016, all of that was going on up in New York. We drove up there. He didn't know this, but I needed more prayer than I could have, could have asked for. And I was the one saying, Lord, where are you in all this? I was the one saying, I have no business pastoring at the age of 23. Oh, let me go back to Columbus, Georgia. Let, let, let me do this. I, I have no business. Along the way, there have been times where I said, Lord, where are you in all of this? And it's been moments like my grandfather wrapping us up and praying with us. Where I walk into the church and a church member walks by and puts their arm on me and says, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. It's been moments, y'all can be seated, where I've, I've picked up my phone in the middle of the week just to be reminded that, hey, as I receive that text message, somebody's praying for us. It's been times in which I've walked into the, to the house of God and I've been spending some time in prayer or maybe whenever a church member, I've had Brother Bill Doyle walk up to me many, many times and I'd be praying and he'd just come down and pray with me. There have been many of you who've, who've walked up and said, hey, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. Can I share with you, as a body of believers and as a church family, sometimes one of the greatest things that you can do is let someone know that you're praying for them. And don't just say it. As a matter of fact, pray. Labor in prayer. The psalmist here in Psalm 13, as he offers this honest take and as he's being real with the Lord, and as he makes these statements and he begins to say, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? It would not shock me in an auditorium this evening 
if someone here tonight is living Psalm 13 right this very moment. If someone watching on the live stream is wondering, where are you, Lord? The psalmist closes out by saying, but I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. This, this evening as we came to the house of God, we got here a little early and we're going to be singing here in a few weeks with the children, the revival singing night, and the children are going to be singing, Oh, how I love Jesus. And I was reminded through that song and just standing there listening to them sing just how good God's been. And I want to encourage you tonight. You might be saying, Lord, where are you in all this? But here in a few months, you're going to look back and you're going to say, oh, there he was. I see it now. So don't give up on him now. Find yourself like the psalmist in verse number five. But I've trusted in thee. God, I don't see you in all this, but Lord, I'm going to trust you. You've never failed me and you're not going to fail me now. Wherever you're at this evening, you can always trust in the Lord. Allow him to use it. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we love you. Lord, I don't know if there's someone hurting tonight. I don't know if there's someone who needed this, this psalm, Lord, just to be read. But Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be a people. Lord, that no matter what the situation is, and if we find ourselves saying, Lord, where are you in it? Lord, that we would find ourselves like David here. He very simply just lets us know, nevertheless, Lord, I don't see you in this. Lord, how long is this going to be going on? Nevertheless, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to watch you work. I'm still going to sing unto you. I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to watch you do the work you desire to do. Lord, tonight I pray that you would lead us and guide us. Be with our church. Be with those who are hurting. Be with those we come in contact with that are hurting. Lord, as I listen to my children tonight sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. May we find ourselves rejoicing, not only the opportunity we have to love you, but the simple fact that you love us. You sent your son to die on that cross. Lord, we thank you for salvation. If there's one here tonight that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, I pray that they get that settled. If there's one who is hurting, one who is questioning, I pray that they'd bring that to you and, Lord, that they'd be honest and real with you and ask you, Lord, where are you in all this? And that you'd give the comfort, the peace that's needed. We thank you for your goodness. pray that you'd be with this invitation. Use the way you see fit. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.